0: morning we're returning to the book of the Psalms, and we're continuing our look there. Psalm 34 we'll be looking at this morning. Psalm 34. And look there with me at the last verse, verse 22. We read there in God's Word, The Lord redeemeth the soul, of his servants, and none of them, none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. What a blessing it is to hear again the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord declares, this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. Beloved, we shall make our boast in our never-failing Lord. None for whom he came to save will be lost. Our Lord, shall, Father, our Lord shall save his people from their sins. Indeed, none of them that trust in him shall be condemned. Now look with me in the second verse there, the second verse of Psalm 34. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. My soul finds great delight rejoicing in my Lord and my God, Jesus Christ. And my friend, salvation is in him only. In sincerity, in truth, beloved, we can exhort our soul to make her boast in the Lord. Here we see the psalmist and every believer with him making his boast in the Lord. All those who know the Lord, those who reverence Him, those who love Him, we desire to make our boast only in the Lord. You see, all those who know Him in saving mercy, those who have been granted saving knowledge, those who have been given a revelation of who the Lord Jesus Christ is and what He has done, we rejoice in and delight and ever rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, we love to declare salvation in the Lord. Indeed, salvation is in the Lord Jesus Christ. In the eternal counsel of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, salvation is of the Lord, purposed by Him, accomplished by Him, applied by Him, and kept by Him in everlasting, never-ending love. Our Lord said, I give my people eternal life. I give my people salvation and they shall never perish. And, beloved, we love to boast of him. We can say with the Apostle Paul, I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. My friend, the only way Almighty God can show mercy to guilty sinners, guilty sinners like me and like you, is through the Lord Jesus Christ and him crucified. The only way The only way, beloved, our Heavenly Father can be just and holy and at the same time be merciful in exercising loving kindness unto his people is to have our sins fully dealt with in our substitute, the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, our desire in our preaching is to boast of Christ, indeed, to brag on his blessed person and his finished saving work. That's what it's all about. That's why we're here this morning. My friend, do you know that this book has just one message? Everything in this blessed book that we carry, that we read, that we study, has just one message. How do we know that, beloved? Because we have ears to hear him. And he said, the scriptures are they which testify of me. And we receive that in simplicity because we're taught of God. Indeed, God's word declares in the book of Acts, To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. My friend, the Bible has but one central theme, and it's this. Christ Jesus the Lord, setting forth his blessed person and his glorious redeeming mercy. And so our desire in preaching is to boast of Christ, to know him, to worship him, giving glory due unto his matchless name. Beloved, that's our desire in worship and preaching, to find our delight in Christ alone. In Psalm 29, verse 1, it says there, Give unto the Lord, all ye mighty sons of God, give unto the Lord glory and strength. That is, worship Him in the beauties of holiness in Christ Jesus. We read last week there in Psalm 33, Rejoice in the Lord, all ye righteous, For praise is calmly, rejoicing and praise is proper for the upright in Christ. Our Lord teaches us that the Father seeketh such to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And know this, know this, there is no spiritual worship apart from the truth of God's gospel. No worship in spirit and in truth apart from the truth being declared of who God is and who we are. You see, God is perfectly holy, and we're just the opposite. We're completely evil and sinful. The truth of who the Lord Jesus Christ is and what he has done. Well, who is he? Is he just some historical character we find in the pages of history? Beloved, believing sinner, he is our friend. Our Lord said, greater love had no man than this, that a man laid down his life. For his friends. Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. And our blessed Redeemer is God Almighty, manifest in the flesh. You see, it's who he is that gives all power to all that he has done for us. And so we can say with the psalmist, My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. And beloved, that's our desire to worship him in spirit and in truth. Telling the truth how that salvation is of the Lord. Telling the truth of who He is and the truth of who we are. Telling the truth of what Christ accomplished. It's a remarkable thing when the Lord does a work in one of His elect. They hear, You're a dog. <laughs> and we say, Truth, Lord. But even the dog eats the crumbs from the Master's table, just a crumb of grace. <laughs> And the thing is, that dog's already got that grace (laughs) to receive that crumb. So, did our Lord come to make salvation a possibility, as some say? Sadly, there are those who teach that He came to make salvation a possibility for all men without exception. And if you would but exercise and meet certain conditions, you'd be saved. Well, that's not grace, my friend. That's merit if you believe that salvation is conditioned by what you do, that, my friend, is a grave, soul-condemning error. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ did not come to make salvation a possibility that now depends on what a man will or will not do. Rather, the Lord Jesus Christ accomplished salvation for his covenant people. You see, the message of the Scriptures is this. He shall not fail. And indeed, he hasn't. For he is victorious, he's enthroned, he's exalted, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's coming again to receive unto himself his church, his bride, which he bought with his own precious blood. And my friend, the Lord is going to have what he bought. Beloved believing sinner, our Lord and God purchased us with his own blood. Now, let's look there at Psalm 34, verse 1. The psalmist writes, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. This is the resolve of every believer. Indeed, this is what every believer endeavors to do at all times. I will and I shall bless the Lord. I will and I shall worship Him and praise Him at all times. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ has both by right and decree a monopoly on our praise and worship. And he's deserving of it at all times. For all that we are, he made us. By God's grace, we can say with the Apostle Paul, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Beloved, all that we have, he has blessed us with. Indeed, we have by his grace all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All we have is the gift of his hand. All that we know is by his revelation. And the sovereign God reveals himself to his people in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord declares, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Our Lord prayed, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them to babes. Beloved, he made us. Everything we have, he gave us. Everything we know he taught us, and all received by his sovereign undeserved grace. Our Heavenly Father reprimands the forgetful hearer, declaring in his word, Beloved, who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that, that thou dost not receive? Now, if thou dost receive it, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it. Believing sinner, what you have, you received as the free gift of God. Now, if you received it as the gift of God, why would you boast in anything but in Christ alone? You see, you didn't figure this out. You didn't open your heart. Rather, He opened your heart, and everything you have in Christ is because of His sovereign. Undeserved grace. I trust you see how our Lord is deserving of all worship and all honor. For we read in the Revelation how the Lamb of God, who redeemed us with his own blood, is worthy and deserving of all honor and all glory. The song of the eternal ages is this Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive all honor, blessing, glory, and power both now and forever. God's people learn that song here before they go to glory, and the redeemed by His grace are there in glory, ever singing that glorious song throughout the ages unto Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. I will bless the Lord at all times. Beloved, He's worthy of our worship, He's worthy of our devotion, and He's worthy of our total commitment So we pray, Heavenly Father, spend us for the glory of your well-pleasing Son and the good of thy people. Christ Jesus the Lord, our Sovereign King, is worthy of all. So when are we to bless the Lord and praise him? Notice God's word sets forth, these three words, at all times. At all times, beloved. Beloved, before the trial comes, and indeed trials are coming, for we find ourselves either headed for trials, or we're going through trials, or on the other side of trials. And beloved, trials are common to all of God's people, are they not? God says forth to his beloved people through the epistle of First Peter, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, or as though some strange thing happened unto you. Believing sinner, consider not the fiery trials that God sends your way as a strange thing that happened to you. You see, trials are common to all of God's people. Our Lord said, In the world ye shall have tribulation. And what cheers our hearts through the heartache, through the sorrow that we experience in this life, is found in this. Our Lord declares, Be of good cheer." I have overcome the world. I have overcome the God of this world. I have overcome sin, death, and the grave. Beloved, death is swallowed up in His victory. The psalmist says, Bless the Lord at all times. You see, beloved, the psalmist and all of God's people know truly that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Now turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 3. The minor prophet Habakkuk, backwards from Matthew, five books, Malachi, Zechariah, Haggai, Zephaniah, and Habakkuk. Beginning there in verse 17, we see a believer rejoicing through trials. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, Neither shall the fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Trials are coming. A famine is coming. No meat, no fruit cut off. Yet at all times I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation the Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hinds feet. He will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. I will rejoice in the Lord in the midst of heartache, in the midst of trials. So, beloved, where do you find comfort in this life? Where do you find it? Only in the Lord Jesus. Just as we find Salvation only in the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. And look there with me in verse 1. God's word declares there. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. So how does the Lord forgive our iniquity? Beloved, he bare our sin in his own body on the tree. He healeth all our diseases, being made our substitute, taking the diseases of our sin unto himself. And we read that in Isaiah chapter 53, how that with his stripes we are healed. Psalm 103, verse 4. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfy thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Give praise unto the Lord. By God's grace, beloved, we can say with the Apostle Paul, O oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually found in my mouth, for it flows out of the new heart given by God's sovereign mercy in Christ. Therefore, verse 2, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord for all that he hath done for us, the humble, the Those who are humbled by his grace shall hear thereof and be glad. Beloved, we have only one foundation on which we boast, only one foundation on which we rejoice, and it's not found in this flesh of ours. As Paul writes, For we are the spiritual circumcision, the true Israel of God, as he writes to the Philippians, which worship God in the spirit, that rejoice in Christ Jesus and have No confidence in the flesh. My soul shall make her boast. My soul shall find confidence in the Lord upon that one foundation that God has laid only in Christ and Christ alone. So, beloved, we glorify only the Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, we glory only in Him. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 9. Jeremiah chapter 9 beginning there in verse 23. Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. And the Apostle Paul uses a portion of this in First Corinthians chapter 1, where he writes in verse 30, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory only in the Lord Jesus Christ. So let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, but rather let him that glory, glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth the Lord. I am the Lord. I am God. Beside me there is no other. The only just God and Savior. Isaiah 45. We read in Jeremiah Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24, our God declaring, I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness. Loving kindness. Beloved, aren't you glad that the Lord exercises loving kindness? Where do we see the loving kindness of God exercised? Where do we see it? Only in Christ crucified, only in the doing and dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. Herein is love, the Apostle John writes. Not that we love God. But that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the sacrifice, the atoning victim for all our sins. I am the Lord. I exercise loving kindness. I exercise judgment. I am the Lord, he said. I will do right. The word of God asks the question in the book of Genesis, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Absolutely. For whatever he does, beloved, is right. I exercise judgment, I exercise mercy, I exercise righteousness. I, the Lord, exercise righteousness. Beloved, he gives out his salvation in absolute righteousness and in a righteous manner. And he does this in the earth, for in these things the Lord declares, I delight. Again, Psalm 34, verse 2. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Those who are humbled by his grace shall hear thereof. And my friend, when you hear his voice personally for yourself, you shall be glad. (laughs) Those humbled by his grace, those saved by his grace are most happy and glad to hear about the gospel of God concerning the Lord Jesus, about his saving mercy and grace in Christ for sinners. I'm always glad to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. For our Heavenly Father declares, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. O Heavenly Father, give us ears to hear your Son. Our Lord said, Blessed are your ears, for they hear. Your eyes, for they see. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof, and be glad. We read in Psalm 32, verse 11, Be glad... In the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart, made new in Christ Jesus. Psalm 34, verse 3. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. O magnify the Lord with me, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Beloved, let us exalt his name God has given him a name which is above every name. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. And let everyone bow and acknowledge that he is Lord. Beloved, this is our desire when we come together. As believers, when we come together, our desire is to exalt his name. And we do it together, beloved. Let's do it together. Let us meet together in his name. For he said, where two or three meet together in my name, I'm there with you. I'm among you. Let us magnify the Lord together. Let us worship the Lord together. Let us encourage one another to worship and praise his holy name. Beloved, when we speak about his glory, we speak about his glory, not ours. We speak about what he's done, not what, we're, what, not what we've done not what we're going to do, but rather we love to speak about His glory and what He's done and continues to do. Beloved, He ever liveth for us. He said, Because I live, ye shall live also. Turn to Psalm 26 and look there with me in verse 8. Lord, I have loved the habitation of Thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Lord, I love the place where your honor dwells. Thank God that the Lord has blessed us to meet together from time to time in this place that he has given to us. And our desire is that his glory dwells here. That is, in the preaching of the gospel of God's sovereign grace. Now, this is one of the reasons we're commanded to meet together, beloved, and not forsake the assembling of ourselves together to gather together publicly in His name, to have a public witness among people, and to publicly preach the gospel and worship the Lord. Psalm 122, verse 1 declares, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Maybe we should say that. <laughs> Is, we do say it's good to be here, but maybe we need to say, and maybe some of you do. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. It's such a blessing to be here, to hear the gospel of the doing and dying of our Lord Jesus Christ, how he saves us to the uttermost, beloved. And, beloved, I I trust you didn't come here this morning to hear me. You didn't come to hear me, I trust. (laughs) I hope not. You won't get a blessing if you just came to hear a man. Rather, I trust you came to hear what God says through the preaching of his word. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us do it together in Christ. Now in Psalm 34, verse 4 down to verse 7, David relates unto us his own experience of grace. And bear in mind, David is at a low point in his life, exiled from Jerusalem at this time, a sworn enemy of the King of Israel at this moment in his life. And this is what he does. God help us to follow his example. Look at verse 4. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. The psalmist seeks mercy. He seeks relief in whom it's found. And my friend is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. David seeks mercy where it's found. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and the Lord delivered me out of all of my fears. In Hebrews chapter 4, and there in verse 16, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, we read God's exhortation to his people. Beloved, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession and let us come boldly under the throne of grace. David said, I sought the Lord. So how do we seek the Lord? Well, we seek the Lord in his word. When I read the scripture, I'm seeking the Lord. I want to know more about him. And the way to do that is read the book that is all about him. So I seek the Lord in his word. I seek the Lord by prayer when I cry unto the Lord. Lord, have mercy upon me, the sinner. And we seek the Lord by faith, for the just shall live by faith. It says in Psalm 34, verse 17, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. If you're in trouble, don't call me. I'm in trouble too. (laughs) Rather, call upon the Lord, beloved. Call upon the Lord. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all of their troubles. I sought the Lord by prayer and the word and by faith, and he delivered me out of all of my troubles. Turn to Psalm 30, verse 2. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Turn to Psalm 145. And look at the promise there in verse 18. My friend, the Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him to all that call upon him in truth, in Christ Jesus the Lord. My friend, call upon him. And David's testimony is here in our text. He said, The Lord heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Turn to Psalm 130. I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me out of the depths. Psalm 130, verse 1. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait. And in his word do I hope. Verse 7. Hope. Hope. In the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. Beloved hope in the Lord, call upon the Lord, call upon the Lord. Now let's go back to our text again, Psalm 34, verse 5. They looked unto him, they looked unto him. Now, who is David speaking about here? They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. Well, I believe David is speaking here about those who preceded him, believers like Abraham, Noah, Moses, and others. And they looked unto the Lord and were helped. They looked unto him and were blessed. Not only was David delivered, others have also looked to the Lord in time of trouble, and were delivered as well as others have, and others will. My friend, why don't you look? Look unto the Lord. Look unto Him. Our Lord and God said, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. I am God. They looked. You see what it says there in, in Psalm 34? They looked unto Him, and they were helped. Heavenly Father, give us grace to look unto your Son, your well-pleasing Son. And my friend, looking unto him, we shall live. Indeed, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Enoch walked with God and was not ashamed. And then one day God took him, and he walked right into glory. Abel was not ashamed. He brought that blood sacrifice unto the Lord testifying that he was a righteous man in Christ by the blood sacrifice of the Lamb of God. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He was a preacher of righteousness. He was not ashamed. For 120 years, he preached the message of salvation. Get in the ark. Get in the ark. Get in the ark. And all those who did were safe in the flood. Noah looked. Enoch looked. Abel looked. My friend, why don't you look? They all looked. Heavenly Father, give us grace to look to your son for all of our salvation. Abraham looked. Our Lord said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. Moses looked. Our Lord said, Moses wrote of me. Job looked. Isaiah looked. They all looked unto the Lord for salvation and were helped in their time of need. Paul looked. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Others have looked and were lightened by the look of faith, looking to Christ, and they were not ashamed. And not only those saints whose testimonies are recorded in the New and Old Testament looked and were helped, but further, all those saints of old who were burned at the stake, all they had to do was recant. All they had to do was just deny the gospel and the fires would have been extinguished. But they would not deny him. As one dear believer said, To deny my Lord I will never do, for should I deny him in this world, he would deny me hereafter. Therefore I pray thee, thee, my dear wife, continue as thou hast begun, and bring up the children in the fear of God. I imagine they begged him to recant with his children and wife standing there, just rec- recant, and you can go home with your family. And he was heard to say, "I didn't come here this day to deny my Lord. I want that kind of look, don't you? Looking to Him who delivers His people out of all of their troubles, beloved. None of them that trust in Him shall not be. De- none of them that trust in Him shall be desolate." None of them that trust in the Lord shall be condemned. That's what it says in the very last part of Psalm 34, the last verse. All of God's people looked, and they were blessed. Their faces were not ashamed, and they were not disappointed. For, beloved, it is God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. We read that in Paul's second letter to young Timothy there in chapter 1, verse 9. And in verse 12, Paul writes, "...though I suffer for the gospel, though I suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day." And so, beloved, we're not ashamed. And so why was Paul not ashamed? Beloved, just as Paul looked and lived, so too, we as believers, we look and live. We have looked, we are looking, and we will look upon him. One day we'll see him with perfect sight, face to face in all his glory. They looked unto him, and their faces were not ashamed. Psalm 34, verse 6. This is the testimony of every believer here, beloved. This poor man cried. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. David says often, I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him. This poor sinner cried, and the Lord heard me and saved me from all of my sin. Every believer has the same experience in their heart. They cry unto the Lord, and he shows mercy to all those who call upon him. God's word declares Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Indeed, whosoever believeth on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. My friend, the whosoevers believe on Christ. Whoever is an object of God's mercy, a man who has been saved by God's sovereign grace, that's the whosoever that believeth, the whosoever that calls upon him, because, beloved, he calls upon us first. What a blessed word, whosoever. Such a glorious word that I pray includes this sinner. It's a word that includes all those who believe and call upon him. My friend, he's able to save to the uttermost all that come unto him. They're all that come to God by the Lord Jesus Christ. And beloved, he ever lives to make intercession for evil sinners like you and evil sinners like me. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've never read in Scripture, not one time, not once, an example in the Word of God an account where God in Christ turned away a genuine, sincere mercy beggar. Beloved, every time the Lord Jesus Christ crossed the path of his elect, he saved them. Every time he crosses the path of an elect sinner, he never once turned away a mercy beggar. Now he had some harsh words for the self-righteous, but everyone that came to him, taking their place before him, as a sinner before his sovereign throne, begging for mercy like that publican who prayed, God, have mercy on me, the sinner. The Lord had mercy on that sinner and intended to from all eternity. And in time, he crosses the path of his elect and exercises that mercy. And they experience that in the heart. Verse seven, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. And delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. My friend, you will only know this for yourself personally by experience. For if we really don't believe anything, that is, we really don't believe anything till we've experienced it in our own hearts. Now the example that's given here is a beautiful table set with delicious food. You see you can hear others talk about how good the food tastes, but until you partake of it yourself, you really won't know and experience the grace of God in your heart. So you can hear others talk about how good the Lord is, but until you taste and see that the Lord is gracious yourself, that he is merciful, you won't have that experience of grace in your hearts. So taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Happy, <laughs> happy is the man that trusteth in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Now, his saints is referring to every believer in Christ. Verse 10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Every believer is a saint in Christ, but there is no want. There is no want to them that fear the Lord. There is no want, you see, to those who have have the Lord as their... Their shepherd. I shall not want. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Oh, fear the Lord. So, what does it mean, fear the Lord? Fear the Lord means to believe him. Those who believe him, fear the Lord. His saints sanctified in Christ, for there's no want to them to to fear him in the Lord Jesus Christ who is all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And beloved, we are complete, absolutely complete, lacking nothing in him. Completely justified, completely sanctified, completely made righteous in Christ, accepted in the beloved in him. Verse 11. Come ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life? and loveth many days, that he may see good. Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil, and do good. Seek peace, and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of, of them all. Our heavenly Father delivered his well pleasing Son out of all his afflictions, and united to him we are delivered with him. In verse twenty this is a prophetic verse of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, the soldiers didn't break any of his bones. Verse 20. He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Beloved, none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. None that trust and the Lord Jesus Christ shall be condemned. Indeed, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen.